morning, good afternoon, and happy new year. No matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and it's so great to be back with you in 2018. Someone once said, you're only as old as you feel. Well, let's get started. Proverbs 16.31 says, The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. But sometimes for missionaries, getting older doesn't necessarily feel like a crown of glory. Health issues can start to arise, churches can start to question about continuing support, and for many missionaries, they wonder what will happen to them after they spend a lifetime on the mission field. The truth is that each of us as missionaries are marching towards that date. And if you're not thinking about retirement, you should be. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Pastor Ronnie Gilbert to ask him some questions that we've received about church's feelings towards missionaries in retirement. Our second guest, Dan Hart, is the owner of Hart Financial Services, and he's going to be talking with us about how to properly prepare for retirement, regardless of your age. Let's get started. Pastor Ronnie Gilbert is the pastor of the Lakewood Baptist Church in Harrison, Tennessee. While Pastor Gilbert has served for over a decade at the church, Lakewood Baptist has been in existence for over 75 years and has always been involved in supporting worldwide missions. Because of this, it puts Pastor Gilbert in a unique position to help us with our topic today. Pastor, it's great to have you with us. Hey, brother, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the time and the opportunity to get to share a little bit with you. You know, for many years, missionaries were counseled or chose to opt out of Social Security and quote-unquote just live by faith. Now, as many reach mature ages, it's difficult to battle with the need of coming off the field versus the financial impact. As a pastor of a church that's been in existence for over 75 years and has missionaries of all ages, what types of pressures does this put on your ministry? Well, what a good question. Um, there used to be a time when I think the thought was, you know, the church supports the missionary until death do us part. This is something that we have begun to consider as a church with our age, and we currently are partnering with a little over 80 missionary families, all done through Faith Promise. And our church have a, has a great desire to get the gospel, and we really believe this is God's plan for that. But we begin to consider the fact that it became harder and harder for us to be able to commit full-time support uh, and partner with the new missionary families to be on the field because we look at our mission staff, and they start to become aging. Many were off the field uh, or either coming off the field due to varied reasons, uh, health, uh, age, uh, just different things that were taking place. And so we began a hard question and hard process of asking questions. Where do we go from here and how do we, how do we uh, evaluate all of this? As you mentioned, many missionaries went on the field years ago with a, um, just trust God by faith and praise the Lord for that. Uh, I, I admire and appreciate those that, that pioneer spirit and those who went that way, and I believe it's uh, in many regards it's the, it's the right thing to do. But as we begin to look forward now to where we are now, um, 
we look at our church and we say, how do I support new missionary families? And what we begin to do is looking at every missionary staff member and those who are off the field and and asking this question, do you can still need the support? And so we painstakingly begin to go through our mission staff asking these questions. Where are you now? Uh, what are your plans? Where are your Where are you financially? Without going into real detail, you know, we're, we weren't looking for in-depth things analysis here. Just helping us to be able to try to discern what do we do, and still be faithful, and still uh, hold, uphold the commitment that we made way back then, but also be able to support new missionaries. So we went through about over a year and a half, maybe two-year period, and trying to contact these missionaries who were no longer on the field. So as a church, at least our church, we decided not to drop anyone completely. What we did was we changed support levels. By doing that, we were able to, from that point until now, I think we look at it, we were able to pick up 14 new missionary families over this process, brand new families just getting to the field or either on deputation heading to the field, which has been a huge encouragement in many ways. Look, I think there's responsibility and accountability here on both sides from the church to the missionary, uh, prayer and financial support, but I also think that there's an accountability and a responsibility on the missionary side also. Part of that uh, responsibility, I do believe, is being able to care for their selves, care for their future financially when the time comes that they're no longer able to be on the field. Wow, Pastor. As you were talking, I heard you consistently talk about a, a process and one to two years and all of these different time frames. And a lot of missionaries feel that it's easy for a pastor to cut missionaries or reduce support. As a pastor who's had to make those decisions, what would you tell them? Uh, it's heart-rendering, brother. Um, I literally feel my philosophy as pastor of this church and our missionaries, they are as much of our church family as someone sitting in our pew on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, it is very, very hard it's not something that you take lightly. You're dealing with lives. You're dealing with individuals. You're dealing with families. You're dealing with ministries. These are things that I struggle with uh, on a regular basis because I know I'm dealing with God's family and God's people. So we bathe it in prayer. It's not something done haphazardly. We have begun to try to set some policies in place that help give us guidelines but yet, even with the policies in place, we know that every circumstance has its own unique set of issues attached to it. No, it hurts when you make hard decisions, and sometimes hard, tough decisions need to be made, but it's not done uh, haphazardly, nor is it done just on a cold, callous, uh, collective basis. I have been personally asked several times by several different missionaries whether or not it's ethical to use supporting churches' money in order to save for personal retirement. How would you answer someone who asks you that question? Great question. I think that God has provided 
Um, and God gives us years to work. He gives us our our working years, if you want to term it that way. If I'm working a secular job, I am providing and putting away funds for that. God provides for the support of the missionary deputation through the support of churches. So I would say, yes, by all means, see that as God's provision, not only for where you are now, but for where you will need to be in the future. Uh, I do think it's God's provision, and and so God is enabling that those funds to come in to facilitate the ministry, uh, but also to care for your family. I know that there were days, and there still may be times, when a missionary will go to the field half-supported, not fully supported. And personally, as a pastor, I think that tends to be somewhat unwise. Um, I think you that full support level stay and gain that, and God will provide that, and I think that will help you to sustain you not only in the on the field in your ministry, but also sustain you when uh, you're not able to be there uh, financially uh, because it's that you're able to put aside some some funds for the future. And I think it's really important that missionaries plan this way for their own families um, as well as for the sake of those who come behind us. And so my recommendation is, and if you were to come out of our church, I would say, you know, you need that full support. Trust God. Wait on God to provide that. And I think it's just wise. It's wise preparation. It's something that's needed to be done for the future. Some missionaries take the approach. They don't, they don't like the word retirement. And the approach is, you know, I'm just going to stay on the field until I die. I don't need to retire. So they don't feel that there's a need to save for retirement. Is that approach okay? No, in my personal opinion, brother, I, I think that it's uh, it's there comes a point when you you do retire. Uh, look, physically, we're not able to continue forward like we did before. Uh, we're not able to uh, be as productive due to the health reasons or whatever. So that word retirement is a scary word for many. For many of us, I think maybe so much, even more so for a missionary, I think to write the word retirement in a prayer letter is a scary thing because the fear is of the churches as that's an automatic you know, cut of support, automatic dropping. The idea here, in my opinion, is the continuation of the gospel ministry. Um, look, we never fully retire. Uh, from the ministry, from God's calling in our lives, we may change our capacities in that to some degree. Uh, we may change the directions of that, but God is able to use us. And I, I think that's so important to to keep that focus. Great information, Pastor. One more question. Can you talk with us just for a moment about the impact that being able to take on new missionaries has on your missions program? Wow. Enormous, uh, enormous. Um, your mission, uh, your mission focus can sometimes become a little bit stale. Um, and one way to keep that freshness, that newness, that intensity, um, is we have regular, have missionaries in regularly, uh, but then to partner with those missionaries and see them actually be hands-on seeing them go to the field seeing them from scratch 
being a part of a brand new ministry. Right now, we probably have four to five missionaries that have just reached the field in the past six to eight months. And getting those reports of, of whether they're in language school or just having finished language school in some places, language or not was not needed. But to be a part, and in what we have been able to be, just a thrill to do. For instance, we have a missionary who's in Africa, and he just began a brand new work. Two missionaries in different parts of Africa, actually, brand new works, brand new startups. Seeing the buildings that they have been able to either get leased or have access to, and then have hands-on with these are some of our specific needs. We need we need a hundred chairs. Uh, we need a sign. Uh, we need gospel tracts, literature pr- uh, printed. Uh, these are some funds that we can help with. And th- then as a local church to say, you know what, we are taking ownership of this project and being this is something we're doing and be able to set aside extra funds to help that. And then to get the reports of people being saved out of those brand new works, brother, it is exciting. And our church is overwhelmed and thrilled to get these uh, reports. So I think it's a really a necessity to keep that fervency there and to be a part of those newer those new works, uh, those new church plants, and 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 to see them go forward and be a part of that is just so exciting. Pastor, that's terrific information. Thank you so much for your candor, for taking the time to give us a little bit of a look into your missions program and the challenges that you're having. I know that it's not easy. Your information was certainly a blessing. Brother Leland, thank you for the opportunity, and appreciate your work there, and uh, we appreciate folks like you. Our next guest is Dan Hart, owner of Hart Financial Services in Louisville, Kentucky. Mr. Hart has over 34 years of experience in the area of financial services and holds many titles, including Certified Financial Planner, Charter Financial Consultant, and Christian Financial Consultant and Advisor. In fact, Mr. Hart was awarded the 2015 Larry Burkett Award as a member of Kingdom Advisors, a network of Christian advisors. He's also the president of Faith and Finances, a local nonprofit ministry dedicated to helping Christians apply the principles of their faith to their financial planning. Please remember, as with any investment advisor, we must mention that Dan and Dan Hart Financial Services is licensed in specific states, which can be viewed on their website. No information here is considered to be a specific recommendation of products, securities, and investment advice are offered through G.A. Reppel and Company, a registered broker and dealer, investment advisor, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Mr. Hart, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Leo, and I'm uh, delighted to be here and be a part of your ministry. Dan, how does someone even begin to figure out how much they need in order to retire? Yeah, that's a great question, Leland, and it's a question that we spend a lot of time on and, and really individualize for each of our clients. But I will share some generalizations that I hope are helpful to missionaries in the field. If someone is young, if someone is in their 20s, or 30s, even 40 years old, then it, it may be best just to think of a of a percentage of income. And... Uh, and that may be, uh, it's going to be a significant percentage of income, though, uh, to really meet any kind of a 
a sort of a normal Americanized retirement goal, you really need to be saving 10 or 15 percent more than that of your annual income towards that retirement goal. Um, once you get closer to retirement, once you are certainly 50, 55, 60 years old, then it makes sense to actually get very specific with it and to be thinking about uh, what am I going to need and, and then to look at what those sources of income are going to be. If you're going to have Social Security, that can be a nice source of income. Uh, you might decide you're going to work part-time doing something while you're here. But then when you do all of that, then most of us are going to find out that we still need more money than that. And so that's going to be the money that you have accumulated over the years. And, and I'll tell you, Leland, just to be blunt, it takes a lot of money to live, say, the last 20 or 30 years of our life without an earned income. And so one of the sobering generalizations that I'll throw out there is, is you could look at the nest egg that you have and then think of an annual income off of that of about 4% per year of whatever that nest egg amounts to. If you have $100,000, that's $4,000 a year, about $333 a month, I think, if I did the math right. If you have a million dollars, that's $40,000 a year. And so it just takes a lot of money to provide an income over a long period of time. Uh, that 4%, that's not a specific product. It's not a guarantee. It's just kind of a guideline. But the real challenge for most of us is developing that nest egg over the years. And, of course, the younger you start, the more you can get set aside towards it then the more you're going to have down the road. Let's say that I'm listening and I'm, I've already had some years behind me and I've been putting everything that I have into the ministry. When is it really too late to start? Uh, that's a great question. And, and let me kind of share my perspective on that. Re retirement is uh, it's actually a fairly new idea. The, the idea that I'm going to spend the last 20 or 30 years of my life and not have to work and still have food on my table, that's, that's just an idea from the last 100 years or so. There's nothing that's mandatory about that. Many people who have lived throughout all of time have never reached that kind of stage in their life, and there's no shame if you don't. When you look at it in, in a different perspective, then the, what money does in our culture is it gives you flexibility. One of those flexibilities, if you have enough money from enough sources, is to not have to work the last 20 or 30 years of your life. However, if you're not going to make it to that, and that's not an all or nothing. Still, any money that you're able to accumulate is going to give you flexibility. That's just the way it works here. So in other words, if you're able to accumulate or have other income from Social Security or other sources, then maybe you are not fully retired. Maybe you're partially retired. Maybe you can come back to the States one day if you feel led to do so, and you can take a job that is has a lower income but maybe more purpose to it than having to take a job with a higher income just to put food on the table. So even if you're not going to hit that goal of getting to that certain uh, you know, magic retirement age and then being able to just walk away totally from paid employment, Again, still any money that you have available or you've accumulated is going to add to your uh, flexibility. And uh, and you know the heart of missionaries uh, better than I do probably, Leland. You know that that flexibility is going to be used to glorify God, and that's a good thing. Now, let me ask you this question, because this always comes up in any group, especially of new missionaries. As missionaries, the government allows us to opt out of Social Security, what could you tell us in not necessarily saying you should or shouldn't do it, 
but just advice as to what we should be thinking about when we make that choice. A couple of different things come to mind. One of those is the the statement that you sign when you opt out of Social Security. And so we just, especially as Christians, we need to be realistic about this IRS document that we're signing. And it, and it really says something like that we are opposed for religious reasons from collecting benefits from the government, like retirement benefits. And so, one, if you're going to sign that, if you're going to opt out to me, first of all, it's not the economics of it. It is simply, uh, is that even an option? Can I sign that in good conscience? But then the other side is that if you can sign that in good conscience, then it's the question of should you. So that comes back to perhaps the economics of it. My experience is that more people, more who have opted out, will get into their 50s and 60s and be sorry they did than those who are glad that they did. It is just so easy through life to to say, all right, I'm going to save money on my own. Plus, there's some other things. If you're in Social Security, then there's a survivor benefit if you die while you have young children. Or if you die and then your spouse uh, is of older age, retirement age at some point, there are benefits in Social Security if you're disabled. And so those are all benefits that need to be replaced somehow out of your own dollars if you're going to opt out of Social Security. And so if you're not going to have the Social Security, then you need to do that some other way. Of course, it's about 15% of income that is going towards Social Security between the employer-employee. And, and, of course, the missionaries have a unique relationship with all of that, being sort of self-employed and sort of employed. But, again, that's also providing not only retirement benefits but the equivalent of life insurance benefits and the equivalent of disability insurance benefits. And uh, and so we could debate all day long about, uh, especially for a young person, uh, how good is Social Security going to be a retirement age? But there are just so many benefits there. I think there's so many reasons to do it, to be in Social Security. Uh, you, you told me I didn't have to say one way or the other, but you might guess that I'm leaning uh, one way or the other when it comes to this question uh, uh, about whether it helps you or hurts you to opt out of Social Security. Okay, so I'm I'm here in my let's say 40s, late 40s or 50s and I can't go back and make up 20 or 30 years of savings. How do I set a goal for myself today? That's a great question. As you get closer, then there is a need to get more specific as you think about uh, when might I retire and uh, where will I go and to, to sit down and write them down. Uh, you know, and, and add them up and start begin, you know, uh, begin to ask where is this money uh, going to come from. It's not unusual. It's just not unusual at all, Leland, with any of us, missionaries or not, that, that we do that and realize, huh, that might not work as well as I'd like to. If I, li- if I live a long time, and many people are living to be, uh, of a husband and wife especially, it's not unusual that at least one lives to be age 90 these days. Uh, so uh, retiring at some kind of a, of a normal cultural age, then you're going to be retired a long time. So that's a lot of a uh, lot of years to put food on the table. So to me, it's not something to be sad about. I think I think it's very easy in our culture to make an idol out of the whole concept of retiring. Retirement is not evil in and of itself, but we can really prioritize it in a way that is not following God. But if we do want to have flexibility later in life to serve in a variety of ways or to to be able to work less if our health doesn't allow us to charge hard at it all like we are now and those kinds of things, 
uh, if we don't want to be a burden on others, like Paul uh, says in one of his letters, uh, then accumulating money now is going to give you, again, more flexibility later on. One last question, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. Other than just putting the money into my bank, what other options do I have in order to save money for retirement? Uh, various options. Yeah, so let, let's think. One, if, if your sending agency has a retirement plan, to me, that's an obvious place to start. Uh, might as well take advantage of it. They've done the legwork and make sure that it works for you and your unique situation. Uh, and those things, if, if they have what is often called a Roth option, then I would probably take advantage of that. What that means is that if you're contributing money to it, it's after-tax money. It's money you've already paid tax on, and then when you pull it out in retirement, there's no tax on it then. Uh, the beauty of that is that many missionaries don't have enough income, and there's the exclusion if it's overseas income, all of those things. is They're not paying any taxes. So the fact that you don't get a tax advantage when you put the money in doesn't hurt you at all. The fact that you don't pay tax on it when you pull it out in retirement in the United States helps you a whole lot, perhaps. So, so anyway, just a, a little tax side there to, to think about. But the nice thing, again, about the sending agencies having their, their plan is the, is that you already know they're, they're meeting the IRS codes and all of those kinds of things in your unique situation. There are other things. There are IRAs. There are Roth IRAs. There are those kinds of things that people can contribute to as well. But you can still save, and you should, and you can. So, uh, And then as far as where to save, then, uh, yes, you could put that in the bank, and it would be uh, very safe. You could also, regardless of whether it's an IRA or Roth or probably even in your agency plan, then there are other things like mutual funds, for example, and they might have some up and down to the rate of return. There may not be a guaranteed rate of return, but often they've shown more growth. And over the course of time, that can make a significant difference to what you have set aside for yourself. How do people get in contact with you if they wanted to follow up with a question? Sure. Uh, the best way is by uh, email. We're in meetings and such most of the day. Uh, and that email is dan at heartfinancial.com. And when you think of heart, just think of hard-hearted, Leland, and that's me. H-A-R-D-T, uh, dan at H-A-R-D-T financial.com. And, uh, and if we can be of help and answer a question or, uh, out there, we would love to do it. I just I love the missionaries. I love their heart for the Lord uh, and living for the Lord the way that they are. If we can be of help, I'd love to. Dan, thank you so much for your time. I'm uh, glad to do it. There's so many more questions about retirement that missionaries have that we weren't able to cover them all on this episode. It's certainly a topic that we're going to be revisiting in the future. We've already received many different questions around retirement, and if you have some questions that weren't answered by this show, feel free to send us an email or message us on Facebook and Twitter with any questions that you might want to pose to either a pastor or an expert about retirement. You can always do that by emailing us at contact at goyethere.com, or you can look us up on Facebook or Twitter at goyethere. We're really excited about our next show. We're going to be talking about one of the big issues that affects missionaries health-wise. The topic is stress. We're going to be talking with Dr. Dan Seamer about how missionaries can deal with the stress that sometimes drives our lives. 
We're also going to be talking with nutritionist Louisa Zakic about how to combat stress from a nutritional aspect. We hope that you'll join us.